I'll rip your arm off. You know what? Get your ass back home, get in the gym, and figure out what the hell you're doing wrong. Might be called the five-point move. I'm frustrated with the way our Greco guys in the United States are treated because they are good athletes, they are good human beings that, that want to win. we got to help them get there. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Five Point Move podcast. I'm Tim Hands, founder and senior editor of FivePointMove.com. And with me is my co-host, 1995 world champion, 1996 Olympic silver, 1994 bronze, I don't know, 14, 17, 20 US Open titles, whatever it was. And uh, the best-looking guy in Wisconsin, Dennis Hall. What's going on? That's quite an intro. Right now, for the seniors, I want to get your input on this. Is It's kind of a weird but active, very active situation. And that is Friday, as you know, is the 2019 NYAC tournament, Bill Farrell Memorial now, NYAC tournament. And then... Saturday is a lot of guys are going to leave for Georgia, Tbilisi, Georgia, for two-week camp with the Georgian national team. In between, there's going to be a tournament in Russia, which has its own kind of delegation. And then uh, some of the guys from the Georgian camp are flying over to Sweden for Haparanda, and I guess a few are going to stick around the next week in Finland for Havisto. You get a week break or so in between, and then it'll be the... U.S. Nationals Olympic Trials Qualifier. Gosh, that is a mouthful of stuff. Let me put you in their position because you've sort of been in their position, I would think. We're in like this new part of the Olympic year, the new season. Okay, the early part of the new season, so to speak. However, it is also an extraordinarily short season especially domestically, right? Because the trials are early April. Yeah, for sure. There's going to be a lot of guys over the next couple of weeks getting in a lot of activity between the camp. Well, the camp, I guess you look at as a standalone thing, but then there's the, the Haparanda and Visto Cups, not to mention the NYSC tournament in 48 hours. So do you recommend this level of activity? Given the fact that it is a compressed year. I mean, are year. you kidding me? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go nuts. Here we go. No, I don't recommend that. I mean, guys, guys got to do what's good for them. But for me, I like just training. I like getting ready for stuff that really matters. And the stuff that really matters is the U.S. Open. I mean, for some of the guys, it doesn't matter because they're already qualified for the Olympic Childs. But you know what? I, you know, you got to put the time in. Look at how we did at the World Championships. The performance was okay. It wasn't anything great. You know what? Get your ass back. Start training. You know, I mean, fix the mistakes that we're making at the at the world competition. You know what? What good is another competition going to do if we ain't freaking fixing the problem? I mean, the, the schedule that they have. I mean, you look at it. You go to NYAC, then you go over for a two-week camp, then you go to two tournaments, then you wrestle in the U.S. Open. Are you kidding me? When the hell are you getting better? When are you building your base? 
when are you when are you getting in great shape? Do you say that unanimously? A big bunch of the guys who are going to Tbilisi are, you know, aside from Ellis, uh, who isn't going anymore, are number one kind of guys. But do you think that there are certain guys, perhaps, who could use, maybe due to where they are developmentally or experience-wise, who could use a bunch of matches in this time of year? I don't think matches are the key. If matches were the key, then why didn't we win at the World Championships? Guys are getting matches. They just ain't freaking making a correction. Matches ain't going to fucking make you be able to defend the gut wrench. Or not get thrown on your feet. You know what? You got to get technically better. It's it's pretty simple. Everybody's chasing the wrong shit, and they need to freaking start getting in in a, a room that's going to make them better. You know, find the toughest guy. Bring guys in from overseas. If if the problem is matches, why why go over there for two three matches? Come back. You know, why not bring guys over? Or move over there for two, three months. Then you can do matches once a week in the uh, uh, programs that they have. I mean, it, you, you look at the schedule. Tell, tell me that schedule is conducive to becoming an Olympic champion. Tell me the schedule you just said is conducive to becoming an Olympic champion. I don't believe so. They're going to be so freaking burnt out come time the Olympics are if they keep a schedule like that chasing matches instead instead of really sitting at home and figuring it out okay do you say this what i'm asking is are is this a blanket or is this are, are are your words targeted more towards the guys who are number one number two type of guys it's a blanket statement i mean if we ain't fixing problems and taking the time to train and then going over and getting tested i told you when i competed i i Train a three-month cycle, I go overseas, test. Train another three months, you know, maybe four, five, six months. Go over, test. The problem is, is the guys, you know, they're, they're not fixing the problem. How many times did we get turned at the World Championships? I don't have the spreadsheet in front of me, but, you know, fair enough. More than we turn, guys. Okay, you fair know? enough, yeah. I mean, uh, how do we lose? Uh, most of them... We lost a couple matches by getting taken down, okay? We lost, I think, two matches at the World Senior World Championships by getting taken down, okay? Two matches. So on our feet, we're doing pretty good. We, we got we to gotta fix, fix those problems. I mean, and I'm not saying that we're, we're scoring a lot on our feet, but you know what? Our guys got to figure out ways to get to the body whether it's a slide by, whether it's a high dive, whether it's a body lock, we gotta we gotta take more chances on our feet. We gotta open up more. And I I don't think you do that in tournaments. I mean I'm I'm just being honest. When you're at a tournament, you're a lot of guys are just trying to win a match. They ain't they ain't using it for practice. If the guys use it strictly as practice, uh, then then it might not be as bad, but I still think it's overkill. I mean, you got three tournaments or four tournaments in less than a month and a half. When does the training come? I mean, you got to make weight. You got to do, you're making weight. So you, so the training's backed off, you know, because you ain't training balls out when you're making weight. I mean, you get my point. It's, it's too much in that period of time. Okay. I mean, that's certainly why I asked you because 
like I said, the trials are in early April and you know, we're all going to wake up tomorrow and it's going to be February for crying out loud. I mean, the thing is that the open is going to have some, some effects on the seating at, at the tr- final trials. So, you know what, why ain't you getting ready and just training as hard as you can, getting in the best shape of your life so you can perform well at the open and get a good seat at the Olympic trials and make your make it a little bit easier route. I mean, is that a dumb question? I don't think it is. I think it makes a ton of sense. Look, the guest for this episode is John Anderson. I just recorded that interview. And he's going to NYAC, and he's going to the open he's not doing anything in between that i don't even know what he's doing after that aside from armed forces however for someone like him if he were considering that he didn't have a season last year outside of one tournament yeah do you think let's say i mean i hate to use john as the example here but if i mean i don't even know why i'm swimming in the waters of the hypothetical but let's train you're training to win man so you know what? I, the competition is overrated all the time. You know the, the matches. You know what? When you're training, you should train like every single practice is a match, and you're going as hard as you can. Problem is, is guys got guys got to have that mentality when they're in the practice room. You can't go through to get through practice. You got to go in the practice. Number one, to open up to try new stuff and 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 get better. Not saying that the guys ain't, but the, the intensity level which guys practice is different than their competition level. You know what? When I wrestled in a practice room, the intensity level was the same as when I competed because you can't just turn it on and turn it off. <sighs> Dumb playing advocate here. I mean, I think John's, John's plan is a good plan. NYAC and U.S. Open. I wouldn't be traveling overseas at this point. I mean, you got a month after... After NYC, you got a month and a week. You know how much time do they spend in there over the next three weeks? How much time do they spend cutting weight? How much time is really training time overseas? I can't help but smile. If only, if only because, as far as the content plan for Five Point, I've really been hyping up this whole tour. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, for for me, I'm simple. I, I hated leaving my home. I didn't want to travel overseas. You know what? I was comfortable sleeping in my own bed and, and training in my own area. You know? I mean, for other guys, it might be different. But for me, I didn't, I didn't want, I, you know, I, I knew what I needed to fix. And it was up to me to fix it. You know, and I think these, I, I think a lot of guys know what they need, but they're afraid to tell people what they need. And, you know, I don't know. They, they don't want to speak up on what it is they need. They're, they're, they be, are being told where they need to go, what they need to do. You know, what, what, what's going to fix our performance at the world championships? I'll tell you. A different, different approach to your practices so you're getting better. It ain't. A, it ain't. Wait, 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 wait. Go, go further with that. Talk about the different approach in your view, please. The different approach. Okay, 
You know, these guys got to look at where they're screwing up, what they're doing, where did they get to, did they get, got it to the left, to the right, did they get lifted, did they, you know, on our feet, how how many attempts did we have on our feet, which directly refers to if you get put down in parterre or not, you know, I mean, you got to look at the whole package and you got to figure it out. So, I mean, are, are guys doing that right now? I don't know. But it's got to be a different approach. If we keep doing the same thing, we're going to get the same results. It's like being an idiot. Let me move to a different direction then. And that is the ranking series tournaments and the Pan Am qualifier. And the reason why I say ranking series tournaments is because we are sending guys to Italy in January for the first ranking series tournament. And then... The week before the Pan Am qualifier okay. is the Pan Am champion. Okay. I'm out. Yep. What do you mean by ranking series qualifier? The ranking series tournament. Okay. For what? UWW, the points in regards to uh, seeding. Okay. Who so, cares? Okay. Well, wait a minute. This is why you care. You care because they're seeding the Pan Am qualifier. You got to beat the Cuban or you got to beat the other guys. Who who really gives a rat's ass? Stay home and train. You go overseas. Do you do you really think? Do you really think the other guys from? Do you think Cuba's going to send their guys to the qualifier? No, they ain't. So does it really matter? No, they're keeping their asses at home and they're training. You mean you don't? Uh, you mean the championships? What do you mean? The Pan Am Championships. The Pan Am Championships. They gotta send their guys to the Pan, Pan no, Am Championships. No, they do not. They have to send their guys to the Pan Am Qualifier. The Pan Am Championships are the week before. Week before, exactly. Yes. Now, I I'd send my number two, three, four, whatever. I'd send the best guy, the guy that's ready to qualify to Olympic weight class. It's that simple. Okay, but you do understand, and I know that I know there's red tape involved because I uh, did the Dan Chandler report over the weekend, and this completely flummoxed Chandler. And that is right. So the the situation is 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 thus: the situation is the ranking series tournament, like last year was the Hungarian Grand Prix, Zagreb. It was uh, Italy. It's worthless. Okay, Don't well, do it. Okay. You're number one, number two, number three. I, I tell them I ain't going. <laughs> there is no reason for that. I tell them to go kiss my ass. I ain't going because you know what? You got three weeks to get or a month to get ready for the thing that really matters. If you don't win the Pan Ams, you ain't going to the Olympics. So why go over to the ranking series? So the top two seeds at the Pan Am qualifiers, which is what they're seeding to, that doesn't move your mercury in or whatsoever. Dude, if you ain't top two anyway, you ain't wrestling in the Olympic Games. I mean, you see it all the time. How well did the seeds work at the World Championships this year? No, I understand. There was... I, well, it did... Look, Take it. The, seeds, the seeds aren't... Well, here's the thing. The seeds for the Worlds don't make a ton of sense to myself or several others, if only because... The seeds at the Worlds, I mean, you're seeding four guys out of 40. So the only way that seeds make sense, you got to drill it down. I mean, seed to 16 at least or something. If you're only seeding 
four guys out of 36 to 42 or whatever it is, depending on the weight class. At least top eight. Okay, whatever. But even that, it's, it's But they are seeding. Okay. The countries that have money send their guys to tournaments. I mean, it comes down to money, you know? That's how you get seeded in performance at the World Championships from the previous year. Correct. What was what was Barrero seated? Barrero, I don't think he was seated. So, ah, you get it. Yeah, I I understand. You're, I'm not. Well, I'm I'm not arguing that point. I I agree. I I don't understand why you seed four guys. I don't. However, they're going to seed the Olympics. I mean, at least and that's sixteen man brackets. At least it's better. Here's the deal. At least it's better than drawing the guy that was having two guys in the world championships like in the finals like I saw out in Las Vegas in 2015 with uh, in and the Russian. Right. First round of the world championships. I mean, that, that's absolutely insane. There's no perfect system, you know, but the bottom line is, man, we got to get better. Why ain't we looking at the real cause and figuring out what the hell we got to do as a country to fix the problem? It's that simple. You know what? You can do all the mathematical bullshit. You can, you know, get a a training plan, a competition schedule. You know what? The bottom line is if we ain't training right, we're going to get our ass kicked anywhere we go. We may win tournaments in January. That don't mean dick. And then, oh, yeah, we're going to have a great world championship. Well, you know what? The foreigners ain't peaking in January or February. We're peaking for the time that matters, which is World Championships or Olympic Games. It's that simple. And how many of them will will be doing stuff they probably shouldn't be doing? Too. On top of that, keep keep the schedule simple. Keep the schedule simple. Whoever made the schedule with USA Wrestling doesn't understand stuff. It's that simple. If I if I'm the number one man, I probably ain't wrestling at at the trials in uh, Penn State because I I'm gonna need another month or two to make sure I'm ready. So I'm gonna fake an injury, but I'm gonna say that, and I'm gonna take the time I need to make sure I'm prepared because coming back from competitions, if if they send them to both Pan Ams. That's two competitions. Then you have the third competition two and a half, three weeks later for the final Olympic trials. I mean, do you agree with me? I'm deferring to you is what I'm doing here. When they set the dates for the Olympic trials, they didn't look at the Pan Ams. I mean, that that is not an easy thing to come back from. You know, I, I, know, I, I remember in 2000 when I lost at the Olympic trials, Part of that was due to having wrestled at the Pan Am. Not, I'm not making any excuses. He beat me, you know. But looking at the schedule I had, I, I believe the Pan Ams were in May. Trials was like two to three weeks later, or something like that. I don't like. I don't like the way it's set up. It's set up not for the number one guy. Would you say that it's even? I hate to even ask this because it sounds like I'm being critical, but uh, you're already being no. critical. Is do you think? I mean, I'm not being critical. I'm being a realist. Okay, well, do you think that it's even less set up for a number one guy if a number one guy 
is going to Tbilisi, and to goes Sweden, and then going to uh, Italy and everything else. When does he have time to get better at what I talked about? His gut wrench defense, his gut wrench offense, his lift defense, you know, on his feet, his scoring attempts. When does he ever get in great shape with all those competitions? Yeah, it's a disadvantage. I, what did I tell you? I, I compete U, U.S. Open. And Pan Ams. I mean, if I were, if I was the number one guy, I'd compete U.S. Open, Olympic uh, qualifier for the Pan Ams, and then I delayed in trials for about a month. That's what I do. I'll tell you what you are doing. You're completely pissing on any kind of excitement I had for this upcoming tour and these tournaments. And- I mean, it, it, it's great, Tim. It, it, it's good the guys are getting matches, but reality is, it's nobody's peaking in December two two months after the World Championships. So, are you really testing if you're getting better? It's it's look. It's impossible for me to say. The one thing I do scratch my head over is April trials. I don't like it. I don't know why we now do it. I don't think it helps. Oh, I agree. I think it's dumb. I think it. I think it's way too early. Too close to the Olympic qual. I mean, for freestyle and, and women's, the Pan Am qualifier isn't isn't tough. They, I mean, they can walk through it. They're going to qualify all the weights. You know, for Greco, you know what? It's not that easy. You know, we we were talking earlier today, and you said how uh, um, Coleman lost to the Brazil wrestler. Yes. At the world, at the military worlds. Yes, I mean, so it's not like it's an easy, easy tournament for U.S. wrestlers. You know, the, the Pan Ams. No, it's not. It's not a, a walk through it. It's not even a walk through the championships, to be honest. Yeah. Um, in a, other than in a couple of the Olympic weights where there weren't Cubans. I no. Guess. Yeah, yeah. Just it just boggles my mind. It's just I, when was the first year we went to April? When was that? Was that twelve? Uh, twelve. Yeah, I think so. Two thousand twelve, maybe eight. I don't know what they no, did in eight, a way because I really wasn't. wasn't watching much of the sport. No, in a way, just because of the way the rules were. Right. No, eight. Eight was. A normal prescription spring open, early summer or so trial. Yeah, trials. But, but yeah. 12, 12, twelve, Iowa 12, City. The trials. It was Iowa City in April. I don't understand from a participation aspect. First off, now this is another thing we have talked about from a participation aspect, and I and I understand also the the premise of a trials tournament, and that is. The best of the best decide who the actual best is to represent the country. I, I, I get it. I get the principle. Yeah. Okay. At the same time, having it in April, especially with our procedures, you're limiting participation, right? Because not there's less opportunities for guys. College. To, uh, okay. And college as well, sure. Yeah. On the other side I of mean, that. The other thing is, here, here's why I don't like it at that point, Okay. Our guys, if you go till mid-June, okay, April, you go to May, to June, they get two months 
more months of training, like they're training for something. So once the once the Olympic team is picked in April, what what are guys training for? I mean, guys that may be on future world or Olympic teams, I know they should be training anyway. But I mean, the motivation to really get that extra two months of you know purpose driven training, tough hard training, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think that helps us know. developmentally at all. And like I said exactly. before, is that we have to develop a lot of our seniors. So yeah. we're taking, a, I mean, it uh, depends on how many, I guess, you would define as self-motivated, inspired, have their eye on the proverbial ball, however you want to put it, that's fine. Uh, that would be contingent upon their attitudes. But at the same juncture, it's like, okay, well... You didn't get a chance to qualify for the trials, or you actually did qualify for the trials, but you're not quite there yet to actually contend to make the team. So your season's technically, oh no, it's not over because now you're, you know, you're only 22. So at the very least, you have the U23 trials to look forward to. I mean, I don't know. I just it, we we take away opportunities. I think that way, and especially since only a portion of the competitive full-time senior base actually travels and goes anywhere overseas anyway so it's not like so many of these guys their seasons will end in april and then all of a sudden it's like oh well that's okay because in june i'm gonna go here and july i might go here i mean because that's not gonna be the case for the majority of guys instead they're gonna wrestle a match or two maybe in Penn State, and then they might not have another match again until a year from now. And I just don't think that helps us. I don't. No, for sure. I 100% agree. It's tough. I, I mean, we got so many problems with, with the system here in the United States. I mean, we've talked about it on past shows. You know, how do, how do you even attack a program the Greco program and, and make the changes. Number one, get schedules that make sense. Don't have it where college wrestlers really can't even compete at the Olympic trials. You know, I mean, because they can't go to the U.S. Open right now to qualify unless, you know, unless they take the year off of college. You know, and just give up one of their years of eligibility. Right, and the only resource you know? we have are you know Greco-minded guys their whole lives practically. It's yeah, I just I, we're not helping ourselves with this. I, I don't to be I I don't know I don't know how or why this decision was arrived to. I, I don't get it. I know that for like you said, I mean for freestyle and even the women's program, I don't think it's that gigantic of a deal. Uh, for Greco, we need participation as much as we can possibly get out of it. Whoever we have to recruit to start doing this style and to start advancing this style and everything else. And when you take yeah. a big giant carrot away like that, or at least deplete the opportunity to achieve it, it just, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand why that's seen as productive, but to be fair about it, maybe it's not supposed to be. <laughs> so take that for what it's worth. Yeah. No, I get it. It was like um, Austin Morrill, I said, and I were talking, and we were talking about the weight classes. How you got, you know, we one time had ten Olympic weight classes and all this, and 
you know, now we're down to six. And Austin Morrow says to me, he says, you know, how's that supposed to grow the sport? Can't grow the sport like that. And I said, you just answered your own question. Who said anything about growing the sport? Yeah. I mean, that's a global problem, but we also have a problem with that in some ways uh, domestically as well, it seems like. But nevertheless, we move on. Are you going to Fort Worth, Texas? Is that locked down or are you not positive? Uh, not positive. I think I'm going to be down there, but um, I, I, I want to be down there. I pretty sure I'm going down, but I, it's not an absolute positive yet. Do you like the location at all, or do you not care? Nay, the location doesn't matter. There's going to be good wrestling. You're going to see where guys jockey for uh, the Olympic trials. You know, I mean, where guys, what weights guys are going and that type of stuff. So it'll be fun. The question I have asked I asked Coach Dan Chandler this on his report. I touched on it with Coach Matt Lindland in his report. I will ask you what your perception of this is. Now, you, of course, you know that when I ask this question, it's coming from an observer's point of view, a fan's point of view, if you will. But with this weight class funneling, so to speak, where there are six weight classes coming down from 10. There's going to, there's significant movement specifically in the lighter weight classes, I would think, especially, not specifically, but especially in the lighter weight classes. It is going to create at least on Friday and again in December it is going to create a good amount of matchups that we either haven't seen before or haven't seen in years, and it is going to uh, suitably stuff all of these weight classes, adding some temporary depth. Do you think that this in any way has a chance to become an advent? I mean, I'm looking forward to it as a fan. I think the nice part about that is it's going to force everybody to step up their game this year, which is in turn going to make the athletes train harder and do you know, and focus more and, and um, try and fix their deficiencies. That's what I see it as an advantage for. Technical, because you got so many guys that are changing, so they got to make sure they can defend this and that. And I, I think it, it's good because it's tech, technically guys got to go back and they got to fix things. Because if, if you're any type of competitor, you know what the guy you're going to be competing against. You're going to study film, and, and you got to figure out how to beat that. Is that what you were asking? Absolutely. The other half of that question would be, do you think that guys – this is something I asked Linland straight up. Do you think that guys who are coming from non-Olympic weight classes – are at a decided disadvantage against guys who have been in Olympic weight classes? No, they're world team members. Some of them are, some of them ain't. No, I don't think it matters, man. It matters who's ready and who's going to put the wood down. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it was decided already, then freaking just name the Olympic team. You know what? That's why... You know, I mean, guys are going to be dropping weight. Guys might be going up. You know what? That's why they have the Olympic trials, and they don't pick teams like other countries. Do you like the idea of, for 
fan interest, whatever that means to you, the fact that there's just going to be, you know, new pairings, new matchups. I mean, that's what I'm yeah, interested I think in. It, I mean, I'm interested in it myself, just seeing all, all the movement. And, you know, that's what's going to make it interesting because, you know, the number one and two guys at a lot of the weight classes, freaking they know each other so well. And, it, you know, I mean, they're still good matches to me because I see the little things that they're doing to make the adjustments to score and win. But, you know, a lot of people don't see they they don't see a two one match as an exciting match when I see it as an exciting match. Edge of your seat match you know, sometimes. Yeah, the defense got that exactly. So yeah, I mean, you're gonna see guys. You know, I mean, until you wrestle a guy, or you know, you it's just different. You can you can watch guys on film all the time, but once you get out there, the feel of them's different. You know. Can you expand on that? Yeah, I mean, like, like I say, a lot of times when, when uh, you know, you watch the foreigners overseas and you go out there and you wrestle one of them, some of the guys just feel super strong in certain positions and, and they don't look like it on tape. You know, I mean, I, I remember wrestling Yeldees, Yeldees, you know, I'm pummeling with him. He catches my elbow and he throws me three feet across the mat, you know, and he never picked that up on a film, but you sure, I sure picked it up and said, I ain't letting this guy grab a hold of me, you know, on the feet. So, I mean, things do change in that aspect, you know, and that's what I, that's why I really am looking forward to the Olympic trials because it's pretty exciting. I mean, because there's going to be a lot of matchups where these guys haven't wrestled maybe in three, four years, or maybe they never wrestled, but they're two studs going at it. Absolutely. And you know what I come back to is talking about, like, at least for the top seniors who are going on this trip and everything else, and you... I mean, I, I give them credit for going over there, but they got to be training their asses off to get ready. It's that simple. You know, as long as they, they do their best, I, I'm i not going to, if that's what they think is best for them, but they better well make sure that they're training as hard as they can and they're making the most out of the trip. I just want to clarify, I'm not 100% against that. You know what? If they think it's best for them, then so be it. I just I want them to prove it. I want to do it exactly. Okay. Yeah. What I come back to is a a couple few years ago was um, yeah there was there was success we had our country did had a really great really great early spring tour. Yeah, a couple of tournaments came back with a whole load of medals and everything else. And yeah, I remember that. And. You know, you're you were you took the same sort of stance in that you, as far as competitively, not training wise, you were just like, yeah, well, they're different. Yeah. They're different in January than they are in September. You said referring to the foreigners. The foreigners, and, exactly. And I remember the Olympics in '16 because I mean now I'm covering it, and I remember that morning, the the first morning when it was uh, Jesse and. Uh, Andy, and I remember that morning before the tournament ever started, you were just talking, you just like went on a stream of thought thing, and you were like, 
talking about the Olympics, and you're like, people don't understand the Olympics. You're like, it's so much different because all of these guys are like on crack. <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, it, it's it's a way for those guys to become. I mean, you win a world championship, you look look good upon, but if you're an Olympic champion in a lot of those countries. You're set for life. Yeah, it's different. Different animal, man. Yeah, a check to live on for the, every month for the rest of your life. Exactly. But, yeah, I know. I'm an optimist, and I am, like you, uh, 195% behind our guys and everything else. It's just, I don't love, I, I just don't love that pocket of the schedule at all. I just don't. Yeah, then when no, I think I about when I think about the procedures on top of it, it just pisses me off a little more. Um, you know, there's going to be, there's just less chances for guys to make the trials. And some people in our country are into that and that's cool. And they think only the best candidates should be in a trials tournament. And that's, that's fine. I don't disagree with that sentiment. It's just that we aren't deep enough to kind of enjoy that luxury of being able to say that. You know, we're not deep enough to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, it should only be like the top 12, 10 guys who, you know, and this and that. And it's like, well, you know, it wouldn't be bad if there were a couple of 20 year olds who are pretty, pretty damn You're good. motivated for the next four, four years. You know, you know? I, I'm a chain thinker and I'm somebody who really subscribes. And I hate to be on an ego trip saying this. I'm somebody who subscribes to the you don't know what you don't know like ethos, you know, and like you don't know what you don't 100%. know. You you don't know what one match for a 20 year old or a 21 year old. You know, to be honest with you, even a 23, 24 year old who's just who's pretty good but hasn't gotten his you know sea legs underneath him. You don't know what one match, even if it's a loss, what one match or, in a trials tournament does for one him. match, not even one match, one moment in one match. Yes, no, a man, conversation a with match. the coach in, a, in a the corner. Exactly. Yes, absolutely. With so, the coach in the corner or another athlete, and, you know, maybe they train together, they move together. I, I, mean, I, I am so relieved to hear you say that, man. Yes, exactly. These little moments that are made possible because you were there. Yeah. I, I don't mean to melodramatic this whole situation, but, like, yes, absolutely. It's just, it's a downer. And I've, I've thought that f the last quad too, except the last quad, the procedures were opened up a little bit more. Yeah. And that's where we are. But I, I don't want to end this all on a, a, <laughs> I don't want to say bad, but a, that kind of note. I'm just, yes, that's where I. No, I'm, I, I think that there's a lot of positives going on. You know, I just hope the guys use the training and, you know, and everybody does what's best for them. I mean, what's, what my idea of the way they should be trained may not be best for them. But, you know, as a, as a coach, you need to listen to your athletes and you need to ask them. You need to let them make informed decisions on their own about their own schedules. Is that part of the whole today's athletes are a little bit too dependent upon the coach? Uh, part of it. I mean, these guys got to know what's best for them. I mean, if you don't know what you don't, what what you need, how are you going to get there? I mean, you you can't be spoon fed and become a world champion or Olympic champion. 
you got to figure some shit out by yourself. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I was in a room with a foreigner getting my ass kicked and after practice balling like a little baby and just, you know, figuring shit out, coming back the next day, getting the ass whooped again, coming back the next day, same thing. Two, three weeks later, I'm doing good, you know, but I, I think it's, you know, each of our, our guys got to take it upon themselves to figure it out. You know, it, I mean, they know in their heart where they're weak. You know, I mean, you ask any one of our number one guys and you ask them what they need to work on, they can run off five to, five to ten things, guaranteed. Well, you know what? We need more time on the map just working on that. You know, they need they need better strategy. They need... They need more accountability in their practices. I guarantee it. And I'm not I'm not saying that from any standpoint. I'm saying it as a coach standpoint. You know, I, I mean when I was an athlete, man, having coaches ride my ass was great. I hated it, but it, it was the best thing for me. But you didn't need that you know? throughout every phase of your career either, right? No. No, I I mean I picked and shoes. You know, I, I didn't go out to Colorado Springs, but when I went out to Colorado Springs, there were some of the coaches I trusted. And I, I'd pick their brains. I'd ask them questions, and I'd ask them for input. You know, I, I, it's about relationships they have with their coaches, but at the same time, you know, it's about them opening their minds and figuring out, you know, really being honest with themselves. What do I need to change? You know, if you keep doing the same stuff every practice, every, you know, every year, how do you expect change in results? Let me pivot to a little bit of a different topic to kind of close this segment out. It is a, it is a dumb, admittedly dumb topic, but it was one I wanted to open up with you because despite our relationship, and how long we've known each other. I don't think we've ever really talked about this. And it's 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 not important. It's but it's it's yeah. goofy. it's goofy. And that is shaking hands. This is so dumb. And I I'm not gonna say I thought this as an eleven year old or a ten year old or a seventeen year old. It's important to give a firm handshake. Okay, we'll see. I never just shake the guy's hand, I tried squeezing it, you know. <laughs> I mean I wanted some bitch to know that I was coming to rip his head off after I shook his hand. What about after the match? I mean, you shake hands, but, you know, usually you just want to get off the mat, you know. After time, you just slapped hands yeah. after a match. Sure, sure, if sure. somebody's pissed off, somebody's happy. If you grab hands and shake hands, you're probably going to get punched if you want. Well, that's an interesting kind of perspective. <laughs> I think I have a lot of resistance, and you're probably going to disagree with me as well. I actually think that it is time we have entered an era of wrestling, maybe. <laughs> Don't even go there. Where, if you're going where I think you're going, you're going to get punched. Where I think we need to get rid of it, yeah. I think we need to get rid of handshakes. I think that compelled... At the beginning of a match? I, at all. I, here's why. I think Bullshit. mutual respect. No, handshake is no, about uh, respecting uh, somebody. Okay, that's fine, but compelled sportsmanship is not real sportsmanship. Okay, if you are supposed no, to is. do it, and you're, I, when I shake a guy's hand at the beginning of the match, it's 
hey, we're going to war. You know, we're we're ready for battle. No. I mean, it's just nope. out of mutual respect for me. It is okay, but that's I, I'm sure. I have wrestled matches, Dennis Hall. Believe me, maybe no, not as I many as you. I just here's what it is: if you wrestling reveals your humanity, okay, reveals your humanity down to your core. Okay, at least at some point during that yeah. contest, it does. Now, in some cases, it might reveal your ego as well. But ultimately, who you are is going to be demonstrated to everybody in attendance, to, and to your opponent, and to God in the world. Okay? Yeah. It is my belief that if you took away handshakes, I, I'm surprised this is that unpopular, but it is my opinion that if you took away handshakes, they would still happen anyway. They'd still happen. It might, yeah. Here's what I'm thinking. You know, it, it, handshaking, I, I was thinking you were going a lot where it's, a, it's offensive to people. And then I was just going to go off on No, 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 no. It is absolutely not offensive to anybody, I don't think. I, I also can't stand, cannot stand the let's go, the rule that you got to go shake the other coach's hand now, too. I just, yeah. I, I just, come on. Like, it's one thing, if you're going to make the, everybody shake the opponent's hand and all that stuff, fine. But it, you're now, now, I mean, not now, it's been going on for a long time, but we're going to go shake the coach's hand. I remember, yeah. I remember being in like fourth grade and, you know, this is some wrestling tournament yeah. in New Jersey, for sure. crying out loud. Yeah. And I remember the, I had wrestled matches before this in my life and, I remember my coach, rec coach or whatever, pointing me to the other corner after the match. Like, oh, you got to go shake his hand. I was like, what? In my, I mean, I wasn't a stupid kid. And I was just like, what sense does that even make? Why? Why? Yeah. Oh, Who's gaining from this? Who's gaining from this interaction right here? Who's benefiting? This little handshake that I go and I have to trot across I the could, mat like I a moron. with the coach's hand, you know? I mean... If anything, the coaches should. If you're going to make the athletes shake hands in in this ritual, you should make the coaches shake hands too. Yeah. How about that? We don't do that. Why? Because they they go to seating meetings. They go and they bump into each other when they're walking out of warm-up areas. I mean, here's the thing for high school. I mean, if if you're going with the shaking hands, after every dual meet that I've seen, the teams line up. They yeah, yeah, yeah. Hockey style. The coach's hand anyway. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. It's pretentious. It's, I just, I don't like it. I, I, I like shaking the guy's hand to see if he was strong or not, to be honest. Well, you're next level. I, I, I never looked into, I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe, I remember I went through a thing where my senior year of high school, Anytime somebody shaked my hand, like shook my hand, like hard, I would make sure I dead fished it. So I would just be like, oh, here it is. <laughs> here it is. <laughs> just, I don't know, man. All right. All right. Let the people now enjoy the John Anderson interview. Represent your team or club with top quality singlets, board shorts, and two piece uniforms from barbarianapparel.com. Get creative with team logos and custom designs that make a statement on and off the mat. Worn by the pros and trusted by national teams all over the world, Barbarian Apparel supplies wrestlers with the look and feel they need to conquer the competition. Team orders and discounts are always available. To learn more, 
Stop by BarbarianApparel.com today and save 10% off using coupon code BA10. Barbarian Apparel. Style everyone notices. Quality everyone respects. Joining me now is John Anderson, who is competing Friday at the 2019 Bill Farrell Memorial. Obviously, John was ticketed to compete in the trials, and we're going to get to that. And he, on virtually no training, and I know that he's not going to say that, um, he's not going to say he wasn't prepared at all, but virtually with doing nothing, he made the finals of the Schultz last year. And there's something else involved in that, I guess we will uh, touch on in a second. So, uh, John, thank you very much. I know that we are bleeding into your precious sleep cycle uh, to record this. Uh, so thank you. Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yes, it's uh, indeed my pleasure. So the first order of business is the last time we really did anything uh, on the record was right before the Raleigh World Team Trials Challenge Tournament. And you were you had to pivot away from it really quick. Can you just for the audience as a refresher, can you touch on that for them? Um, all right. So yeah, based on the, the military, you know, as the, the, the first say in, in what I do. So I had a, uh, essentially a, a mission come down for the, for the summer to head to Fort Knox, Kentucky to help with cadet summer training. And that took priority. And, um, so I had to, you know, delay, um, making a world team, uh, for another opportunity. So, um, but, you know, in the meantime, uh, I've been able to align, uh, my goals and, and uh, my next job in the army got me to West Point, New York. And now things are, 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 are great here and, uh, really looking forward to this year being on the mat. Your alma mater, my brother, he actually did his, uh, basic training and, uh, MOS at Fort Knox in the year 2000. Good times. I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> I've been there. I think it was um, not that I was going to drink or anything like that, but if I remember, it was a dry county, and I remember that being a thing, and I had never heard of such a thing. Yeah, they talked about that while we were down there because you know Bourbon's pretty big, you know, for Kentucky. But um, they, they uh, I think they got away from that since then, I, I believe. A group of athletes showed up from West Point at the U.S. Open, and uh, yep. they acquitted themselves pretty damn well considering you know their lack of greco-roman experience are you imparting and i know it's scholastic season but do you work with these guys you impart your brand of knowledge on these guys how does that how's that going like as of now in november well i'll tell you what you know the west point wrestling room is a special place uh kevin ward the head coach there and, and his team um they have uh just the uh, an intensity in that room, um, a passion at the vision. Uh, it's, it's, you know, from him all the way through the, the, you know, the plebes as they call the freshmen here at West point, uh, all those guys are invigorated and it's contagious. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been, uh, incorporating, uh, my training into their training a little bit, uh, showing some things, but also picking things up from them. And I'll tell you what, if uh, you haven't been in, uh, through a, a tough college workout lately, uh, it's it's a it's a different level. You know, those guys grind and they come at you. Uh, but but that's that's my style, so I'm loving it. 
You know what? That was something I kind of wanted to talk to you about, too, is that, like, we go in two different directions. With Of course, that is your style, obviously, completely, utterly. But at the same time, if there's one thing that n- nobody in, like, the hardcore, like, Greco circle can diss is that when the college guys come over, and even if they're popping over for an open or whatever, they bring mm-hmm. that grind mentality and those folk-style lungs, and they don't stop coming at you. I mean, that that's why I figure it's a good fit for you, to be honest. You know, and that's exactly right. So, um, you know, capitalizing on my strengths, making them even stronger. Uh, but I'm, I'm still still refining my Greco, too. Uh, Jake Fisher, you know, lives a about an hour down the road, I've been training with him, and Alan Barra isn't too far away either. We train together, Ori Elor. Uh, so we, you know, I'm keeping the traditional Greco um, fundamentals sharp, uh, but uh, again, I'm kind of sparking my strengths even more. Has it been an adjustment as far as getting out of Colorado Springs, moving into a new home in West Point? You've got your two sons, you've got your wife, there's you know, a new routine to get used to. How have you been assimilating into all this? No, I'll tell you, it was a, it was a challenging transition. We've, uh, we definitely had a share of bumps in the road. Um, but, uh, you know, we are excited, excited to be here. Uh, it was hard saying goodbye to Colorado. A lot, lots of friends and memories there. Um, that'll always be, be kind of home to us. Um, but you know, being here, we, we've got a, uh, we bought a house near West Point. So it's a, it's a very short commute to work and wife's got a, uh, a killer job and the boys love their school. So we're really getting into a groove. Uh, I have, I have a great job working with the uh, athletic department here at West Point as an associate athletic director. So that's right down my alley. I love sports. I love obviously wrestling, but anytime I can, uh, engage with high level athletes, thinkers, um, that that's right where I like to be. Okay, so Alan Vera. Let's talk about Alan Vera for a second. Uh, would you consider yeah. him a? Is he has he become a regular training partner? Um, I, I wouldn't say regular. We we did we worked out last week over at Greenacre Farms in Connecticut together. Um, but you know we definitely went hard and we're you know showing each other technique and going live and you know testing our our skills against each other still. Um, but I, I've really grown to like Alan, you know, he's very, uh, very respectful, appreciates the military. Um, you know, I, I view him as a friend and, uh, you know, I'll probably see him on Friday and he'll be, you know, at the side of the mat and looking forward to scrapping, but a uh, good thing with wrestling, you know, you can, you can shake hands and, you know, be friends afterwards. So, um, but he's definitely, he will be a, a, a consistent training partner going forward. Well, right. And that's, that's something we're all used to in this country. That's not new. It's not new to have a training partner. Either you were, you know, I don't want to say rivals with, but somebody you've competed against and are going to compete against in the future. That That's not new. It, it, right, the, right. the only reason why I even mention it is not even just because you two wrestled in the finals of the Schultz. It's more because it's that image of 2015 that is tough to shake. And so, like, yeah. it just keeps coming back to me. It's like, oh, wow, it's funny how this works, like how this all works. Like, it's almost like things kind of come full circle eventually, yeah. just somehow. I mean, even if it's a guy from Cuba who plants a flag here, it just it's nuts. Yeah. You know, it's funny how things things work out. And, uh, you know, it all ties into the bigger picture. You got to keep, keep, uh, keep your 
your goals in mind and stay steady, uh, but understand that the path may may turn unexpectedly at times, uh, for the better or worse. But it's all part of the process. It, it's it's hard to develop that mentality. You want to things to go perfectly every time, but the truth is they don't. Um, but in the long run, you know, you end up learning valuable lessons and becoming a better better wrestler, better person. Um, just it, it ends up uh, contributing to your overall growth, which which uh, that's something I love about the sport. Right. And to be honest with you specifically for 87 kilograms, it's, it's, it's very important as well because you lose Ben Provisor out of this weight class. So mm-hmm. for the last, for most of this, I mean, most is quad, not like it's, it's not a quad is four years, but since 2017 leading up into this year, Spring would roll around, you look at 87 kilos, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, like, how many guys can we possibly cram into a weight who, like, have, you know, done something? And so we, you lose Provisor. I mean, looks like we're potentially gaining Vera. And once again, 87 becomes one of two weights to watch out, out of probably most of them. 77, in, incredibly deep, is the deepest weight this year domestically. The others are deep in their own right, too. 60 is going to be crazy. But 77 mm-hmm. and 87, just yet again, here we are. Uh, I know that probably excites you. How about this? When you started working with Fisher and Vera and Elor, did you have to knock any rust off? Uh, you know, they're different styles, each each one of them. Uh, uh, definitely. Uh, highlighted some of my tendencies i tend to you know as we discussed uh, i like to reach i like to fight um just keeping my arms and my elbows in the solid fundamentals um just to remind myself of that um, i can definitely wrestle that way and, and um wrestling those guys it's a quick reminder once you get caught in arms they're like yep all right they're uh <laughs> they're not gonna let let me do that that one uh for free so gotta pay the price if i make those little mistakes where you know, college guy might not catch me on that, but, um, but yeah, it's all part of the process there. Um, yeah. As far as what you're saying earlier, yeah, the, the depth of the weight classes, that all excites me. Um, I don't get too concerned with who's going where and I know where I am. I'm, I'm at 87. I'm up to strongest that I ever have. Um, my conditioning is solid right now and, um, it's, it's only getting better every week. Uh, so, I'm, I'm excited to, to compete and represent the U.S. at 87. And, you know, I, I hope it's a deep weight class because that's going to raise my game even more. And, and um, you know, the winner at the end of the day is going to earn it. And I want it to be against the, the best guys when they're at their best, you know. So that's that's what I'm hoping for and, and uh, looking forward to, to the grand end of battle. Okay, just a couple more, and then you can go rack out or whatever it is you people say. Um, <laughs> I guess what I want to ask is, even though you are with employed and centralized at West Point, are you still going to pop over to WCAP at all? I'm sure you're going to go to camp, right, at the in Springs in January, unless you're about to tell me no. Uh, how is this going to work as far as your relationship with WCAP is basically what I'm asking. Uh, I still plan on uh, working with them quite a bit. Um, and, you know, looking forward to seeing uh, those guys in uh, you know next day or two. We're gonna 
catch up a lot there and probably um, warm up together on the mat and, and so forth and so on uh, as far as Bill Farrell. But uh, looking down the road, planning on training with him alongside, you know, at Nationals and uh, Armed Forces, I plan on being on the team uh, with with all the WCAP guys. So that's those are all things that I, that I'm looking looking at. Um, you know, and I, I, bottom line is that I love wrestling, and um, you know, WCAP has helped me out uh, a ton and provide provided me a lot of opportunities, and and they still do. So um, I, I'm happy to be where I am. I have a great training environment. I, I you know, it's been one of my long-term goals in the military to get back to West Point and just to have my family, my my kids, um, in this environment. You know, this place is special. It, it's inspirational. It's a you know timeless traditions and, and history here that uh, I'm just proud to be part of part of this team and, and the Army team, uh, if you will. And um, you know, so WCAP's always part of that in, in some sort of form in the equation. You know, so. Um, it won't be as much as it was in the past, but you know, still looking at one team, one fight. Next question: Do you have any designs on competing after December? Do you have any plans potentially to, I don't know, get across the Atlantic Ocean, anything like that? Uh, you know, I'm I'm looking at options right now. Uh, I don't have anything locked in. Um, Got a Still, kind of transitioning into my job full time to understand how much uh, how much I can uh, sneak away, take some leave, and, and potentially do an overseas camp. Um, it's probably not likely, um, but uh, my primary focus would be peaking at the right time for you know, these qualifying uh, events and Olympic trials. So that, that's my primary focus. You will be in Fort Worth. Uh, yeah, that's the plan right now. I, again, just still um, looking at all the priorities. Well, you know, faith, family, five point. I'm a top three. Of <laughs> I got to get your shirt <laughs> sent to you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, when I when I can align my personal goals uh, of wrestling uh, with my military uh, duties and everything else, then then I'm gonna make do that as much as possible. Uh, but uh, still have to do a full assessment and see how much I can balance. Uh, you know, my, my new job and uh, my, my wrestling and my family time and everything else. All right. Well, I'm going to uh, go ahead and release you here. I was thinking of something today, and that is you're going to laugh when I say this, but it's almost as if you and I went back and forth more while you were in Afghanistan than we have since you've been back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. That's funny, you know, that, that distance, you know, uh, makes you think of people uh, sometimes a little, a little bit more often. Um, but, you know, it's always great when we can connect and, uh, you know, just, just chat and uh, and appreciate, again, all the support and the help you got, got for uh, the guys over in Afghanistan and everyone else's support for us over there. We did a lot of, a lot of good uh, wrestling and combatives training, and that made a big difference while we were deployed. Um, and you know it's good to be back, and hopefully we can keep a uh, more consistent uh, touch point, you know, and, and and hopefully meet up down the road. You know, only play an hour or two away. So. Well, I mean, first off, I'll see you Friday. Second of all, I, yep, t- I talked. Right. I talked to my wife, and I was like, "Listen, we're gonna probably have to go see the Andersons because now they're <laughs> he's only." 
I had to explain that you knew where Belmar was and that you knew you had a general idea of where I was, we were, and yeah. I was like, there's not going to be much of an excuse. I was like, if he knows that like uh, we're just a couple hours, I was like, you know, it'd be great to kind of get up there. Uh, I would love to see a West Point game. I don't think that's going to happen this season, but uh, nevertheless, uh, uh, you know, I love talking to you and I think the world of you and I can't wait to see you Friday. So good luck, John. Major. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, hey, no, it's it's great chatting. And uh, hey, if you want to come see some football, there's a game on Saturday. I'll be I'll be working at it. So. Um, you know, Army, Army's back on their winning streak. I'm excited to see them come back and beat Navy. That's a big one. <laughs> yes, sir. And that was Major John Anderson. It was a pretty short spot, but it was also pretty short notice. Really wanted to get John Anderson on under the wire before the Bill Farrell Memorial, just like we wanted to get this episode out under the wire before the Bill Farrell Memorial. And you know what? John Anderson's just one of the best Greco ambassadors the U.S. could ever ask for. It's not just because he serves our country as a valued officer in the U.S. Army. It is also because of how he conducts himself. It's how he treats others. And then you throw his competitiveness into the equation. He wrestles the way that you want athletes to compete. I mean, this is how he does it. You know, throw it up to level 11, stay there for six minutes or less if need be. And there you have it. And the Bill Farrell Memorial, from a fan's perspective, can't miss. It is a must-watch event. Don't worry about Hall and his concern over the activity level and the guys going to Georgia and those two tournaments in Scandinavia on the back end. For right now, the Bill Farrell Memorial, you just have to be locked into it. Have to be. 60, 67, 77 packed weight classes. 87, 97, and 130, you got three world team members in a row. Joe Rao, Tracy Hancock, and Adam Kuhn all showing up. You have a bunch of guys who are going to try to kind of get off on the right foot starting this season. They're going to have guys fighting tooth and nail not to have to need the U.S. Open to qualify for the trials. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of storylines. Speaking of which, you can look for our preview on Flow, depending on when you're listening to this, on Thursday. Social media concerns to follow John Anderson on Instagram. That is at turn on the smokes, which is a reference to his, you know, his blitzing style. The fact that he's a maniac. Follow John Anderson on Twitter at underscore Mr. Underscore intensity. And also on Facebook, they have a Facebook group. They've had this for some years now at Team Anderson Champions. And that's more of a place where people who want to support John Anderson and get behind his endeavors on and off the mat, they can do so there. If you would like to waste your time and for some reason mess around on Twitter and follow Dennis Hall, even though it's futile or futile, depending on how you say that, you can do so at Dennis Hall WGW. And for USA Greco-Roman news and athlete perspectives, please go to 5pointmove.com and follow along on Twitter at 5PTMove. That's it for episode 30, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon.